0: Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Hey, welcome to another episode of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Sam with Fowser Consulting. And I am Drew
1: with Better Than Yesterday Consulting.
0: On this episode of Drew and Sam Talk Training, uh, I've got a very special guest, and I do say I because my special guest is Drew. Uh, We're going to interview Drew uh, because he just had an amazing experience in San Diego, and uh, we're going to let you in on that. So um, Lucas, drop a little Stevie Nicks talk to me because I'm about to interview Drew. So,
1: So, Sam, this is a turn of the tables, if you would.
0: Well, only one of the tables,
1: because
0: I'm still on my side of the table. So uh, uh, legend has it that um, you've got
1: some alphabet soup at the end of your name. I do. I have uh, CPTD. That is a uh, certificate of professional talent development. And um, who... Got you that. Well, you got the certificate because you did the work. I, I I, did earn that one. Yes.
0: But where did that certificate uh, come
1: from? It is a three year certificate. So I've got to do stuff every three years to renew it from the Association of Talent Development, better known as ATD. So
0: it's my understanding that uh, ATD had a pretty big soiree, if you will, in San Diego. Is that uh, is that true, sir? That would be correct.
1: Constable. <laughs> <laughs> 9,000 trainers, either instructional designers, training leaders, facilitators uh, attended a conference in San Diego.
0: So based on the space book or or the face pod or the whatever the kids, the cool kids are calling it, it
1: seems like you may have been in San Diego. I, I may have been. I, interestingly, uh, they usually do this every year. And it falls on Mother's Day or the weekend of Mother's Day. It's always right around Mother's Day. It's Sam, what happens every other year right around Mother's Day?
0: Um, you know, uh, apparently Mother's Day is a great day to hold a big convention. Prices must be lower because uh, a, little Italian, a little Italian place down the street called Dominio's has a, a worldwide
1: rally every other year. So I get to go to ATD every alternating year because I go to rally, and I've been going since twenty. Well, my first one was '08. Okay. And then i I missed one in ten and missed one in twelve. The folks I worked for didn't give me the budget, and it's expensive. Sam, like, like even with me being a member in an early bird special, it's like twenty eight hundred bucks for two days.
0: It's not cheap. I did. Um... I did
1: one in Atlanta back when I was with the brand. Yeah, it's probably 0, 08 or... Well, I think 08 was San Diego again, because that's the one I went to. So you might have done 07 or 09? That, uh, that time frame works <clears throat> for when
0: I would have done it because I was an evaluator from 2000 to 2006. So there's no way I was going to ATD then. So yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. And as I recall... um. I mean, it wasn't my money I was spending at the time. But
1: if it had been, I would say that it was worth every penny. I, I got a lot out of it. It's usually three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. There's a Sunday, too, because if it's your first time going, they actually have an orientation because it's a collection of trainers. Yeah. So, of course, they have orientation. Right. Um. They also have uh, certificates that you can do. So there were people there starting on Thursday the week before doing their certifications for um, master trainer, master performance consultant, master instructional designer, uh, change management, all sorts of all sorts of certification. Uh, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is the big actual conference.
0: Gotcha. So um legend has it that there was a session at this year's ATD conference, um, led by somebody we know. Can you can you let the listeners in on that?
1: Oh, I believe you would be talking about me. I am. This would be the second time I had the opportunity to do this. The first time was a co-speaker with Eric Hammer. Uh He and I talked about the uh, building of our Store to More program um, back in, uh, I think it was 2019. And, and we did that one in D.C.
0: So for those that don't know Eric Hammer, he is, in my book, um, the best instructional designer ever on the face of the earth.
1: I I agree with that. I have to his face told him he's the smartest person I've ever met.
0: As humor goes, I consider myself somewhat a carpet bomber. Eric is a
1: sniper. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. He comes in. It's like surgical. It's it's amazing. He and I did a presentation on Stordamore on building a supervisor orientation class. And we had exactly that level of humor in it and is self-deprecating because the program did not go the way we intended it. And for the listeners, most of these sessions are either a consultant like myself today selling something like a book or it is Delta telling you how amazing their training is. It's 100% compliant, 100% of people have taken it and 104% of people love it. Like it's it's that level of just so much nothing ever goes wrong in training. Eric and I got great reviews, which helped me land my session this time. So my session this time, uh, can I get into ten seconds of background, Sam?
0: I would say take fifteen to
1: twenty. Go for it. Fabulous. Go deep. I had to apply. Uh, there are approximately a hundred sessions over the three days. You have to pick a category. There are six categories to pick from, like instructional design, training facilitation, leadership development, or training leaders. I went for the training leader piece of it. It was always one. I was, when I would go to conferences the last like decade now, I was always in that pool and there are never enough. There's so many like welcome to PowerPoint classes and so many like, this is how you control a room classes. And there's no, how do you manage a team of 13 remote trainers who you only see once a year, never comes up regardless. So I have to fill out this uh, RFP, a request for proposal, right? And it's a PDF and Sam, it's 14 digital pages. Holy cow, you just dropped two TLAs there in one sentence. Well, I didn't explain PDF, but I did explain RFP. You did. You did good. Okay. I'm just okay. saying. I, I tried. I don't think I have to explain a a PDF. I don't. Um, I'm not sure I could explain
0: what PDF stands for.
1: I think it's personal digital format. Personal digital file. It's something like that.
0: I'm going to fire up the Google machine and see if you're right, because I am
1: guilty of using PDF and not really knowing what it is. I fill out this huge form and it's like everything but the slides for the presentation. This is how big your title can be. It has to be two parts. So it has to be like a title and a description. Uh, it can't be more than 10 words. Uh, you have to have three learning objectives. What will, will, will your participants take away uh, you have to do a one paragraph this is what we'll post online if you get accepted you have to do a seven paragraph.
0: I was so close. you know the listeners can't see the chat
1: I know <laughs> I know Porta- uh, portable document format, but like just page after page after page, which was really cool though from a from a design standpoint because it got me to hone in what I was thinking and so uh, the session I did was called "Mandatory no more how to um market your in-house training like a pro
0: without you diving in too deep. First of all, man, I'd love to see that application cuz I was thinking the same thing right before you said it. What a great way to to get your stuff laser focused. But then when you said the name of what you did, I
1: mean, wouldn't that be great if training wasn't mandatory and people just wanted to do it? So that's exactly the path I went is that so much of our training is by threat, by cajoling, by Co authored leadership. Hey, the CEO, the COO, the franchisee really wants you to do this, right? You're, you're borrowing authority, but I market kind of now. And the way I do some of my stuff now with my email and my email lists and my, my six, seven ish points in email, reaching out to people once they, once they contact me, I'm like, wow, this all bred from if I knew this like six or seven years ago, I would have done this. Totally differently when I had to roll out H uh, D Y O U the first time, or Adobe the second time, or any of the updates. I would have, I would have instead of what I call it was was um, create and pray mm-hmm. uh, that that you create <laughs> all of this content and then you pray someone actually clicks on it. And it was kind of fun because I had um, I had about seventy people in the workshop. I was four thirty on Tuesday, so you know, kind of late in the day. Um, I was also going up against Masterclass, you know, Masterclass, the group that's got Gretzky, Bobby Flay, and <laughs> going up against them. And if you attended theirs, you got like six months of Masterclass for free. It wasn't even fair.
0: <laughs> you know, there's, there's the old saying, I, I guess not that old, but, um, you know, following
1: Tiger Woods. I mean, you were competing with, with Tiger Woods. Yeah. And I still had people show up. And it's all right. So it's kind of cool. When you do a session, you have uh, what they happily call a bouncer. It's a volunteer. And the volunteer's job is to make sure that you don't do anything dumb when you're on the stage. But more importantly, they actually count attendees and they count how many people leave because this goes in your evaluation file at the end. And if you score poorly as a speaker in the evaluation, they don't let you do this again. Oh, my. It's just the way it is. If you're bad, they might let you come back, but it's going to be a while.
0: Well, they'll definitely let you come back and take your money and let you be a participant. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But as a speaker, no. So I have a bouncer in my room and I say bouncer. Oh, it's the other job too. is that when you hit capacity, they have to lock the doors, put a sign on the outside saying the session is closed and then do crowd control. I was really hoping to have a crowd control moment. I did not. I only <laughs> had two or three people leave, though, during the session.
0: I'll just give you a quick sidebar from my, my ATD. Uh, yeah. I was in a session and the trainer for the holiday Inn was there. And about half the room left after he said this. Yeah. We like turnover at the
1: holiday and it keeps us trainers in business. Okay. Wait, I, I've got a, a story from, from this conference, but I'll get to that in a minute because there's other cool stuff other than mine. And I'm, I'm going to just wrap mine up real quick. So here's, Here's my fun part and why I mentioned my bouncer, because ATD supplies a laptop. They would prefer you to use their laptop and just stick a thumb drive in it. That way, all the connections are there.
0: Well, yeah, because, you know, it's ATD. I got
1: to believe that their equipment is buttoned up. Right. You don't have to worry about the clicker. You don't have to yeah. worry. they got the love. You're all set. Right. Uh Except the people that presented in the room before me used their own laptop because of an issue with the video playing on ATD's laptop, something with the formatting or whatever. And my AV guy forgot to plug in the ATD laptop. So my one hour presentation at the 40 minute mark, as I'm changing state and I'm going from the right side of the stage to the left side of the stage, I pass the podium where my laptop, well, their laptop is. And I read the screen very quickly as it says 7% battery left. Now me, I'm like, I've got like 15, 20 minutes left, 7%. I can kind of get there. No worries. Sam, I kid you not. I click the next slide and it just dies. It goes blue screen. And I look over, I'm like, that's cool. My wife happened to be in the audience because I asked her to give me actual honest feedback. ATD will give me feedback, but it's going to take like six weeks. So I wanted some feedback immediately. I wanted some pictures for marketing. Yeah. I look over at Jody and her eyes are bigger than dinner plates. <laughs> I, I glanced over at my bouncer and now my bouncer is all of, I don't know, Sam, five, one, 105 pounds and like a 30 year old trainer. And she has eyes bigger than dinner plates. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I just keep going because, Sam, is it about the present? Is it about the PowerPoint or is it about us?
0: Well, you know, we've both done uh, T3 Train the Trainer and the PowerPoint should be a prop. And if you need to turn it into a one man show, you need to turn it into a one man show. And my guess is
1: that's what you did. That's totally what I did. They got the PowerPoint back up and running with like six minutes to go in my presentation. I quickly clicked through a couple slides, wrapped it up, closed it down, and then had a bunch of people come up afterwards, half of them telling me I should train other presenters on how to build a PowerPoint because mine looked pretty good, which is funny because I still hate the PowerPoint right now.
0: It's not... And I mean this with all the love in the world. Yeah. I don't think it's something that that you put a high priority on. I, I think your slides look fine. You're more about the message you're delivering and make sure they get it. And I think, um, you know, I'm about that as well. But I think I'm a little more artsy-fartsy when it comes to my slides. And I, I'm i trying to say this in a way that doesn't make it sound crappy because I don't mean it crappy at all. But I think I care more about the slides. You know what I mean? My Better visits
1: Today slides are... White, green.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Couple words. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't have hardly any pictures. They are completely, oh. they are completely just a prop to remind me where, what we're supposed to be talking about. This presentation was artsy fartsy. Oh, cool, man. I'd love to see it. That'd be amazing. But again, I was like, "Eh, it's not like I, it's not great. It was probably pulling teeth for you to do that. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's just it. It's not for the reason you think. It's, it's a horrible character flaw of mine that, that there's that piece of perfection in me, right? So, so if I can't do it, if I can't create the, the Sistine Chapel, then, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sketch it with a stick in mud. Like, I'm not <laughs> going to go anywhere in between.
0: You're a pendulum <laughs> that is all the way to the left or all the way to the right. Yes. And yeah. nobody sees anything in the middle.
1: Correct. And this power, this deck was very, very much for me in the middle. And it was amazing when when legit I had I had um, four corporate trainers, one from Delta, one from Holiday Inn, one from Howard University and one from um, a, a group that does like K through 12 stuff. And they're all like, can, can you teach other people here how to do PowerPoint? I'm like, not. I mean, I'd love to, but I don't think ATD wants me to do that. But
0: so let's get back into the interview for just a second. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I, I was rambling. a little. Bit. No, 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 you're doing great. So No, no, no. Bring it back in. So, what, what'd you learn from that? Your pendulum in the center and people coming up to you and saying you should teach other people to do this. What's your takeaway from that?
1: My expectation for me is so stupid high. It's just ridiculous.
0: How could we tie that in to general managers and assistant managers and uh, general managers' expectations for themselves and what is, still going to be a fantastic Domino's Pizza experience. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at.
1: And that's why when I'm teaching class to, to that audience, I always go for the smallest possible improvement because that's all we need is a little bit. All we need. And if you do a little bit more, super wonderful, high fives, let's go. And if you do a little bit less, cool, use it as learning experience. Totally get that. Um, preaching to the choir, it's just that the preacher also happens to be the worst offender at the same time. So it's fine. Totally fine. Totally fine.
0: I would imagine it was, it was pretty nice to hear some great feedback from work that you'd done and, and put in a lot of time and weren't quite yet at the finish line in your mind, but it had to be nice to hear people say that was
1: really good work. Yeah, it was great actually. And it was cool. I didn't let Jody see it till, um, till then. So like when I was, doing all my rehearsals, my practice, I wasn't letting her see the deck. So she was first time and it was cool. Uh, We probably spent the next better part of a day redefining it so that it's something, something a little clearer, something a little smaller, something that could actually be bigger too, that it could be like a, um, an advertisement for services later on. It was nice.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I think it's great that she didn't see it until
1: she saw it. That sounded so much better in my head than when it came out, but. I, I know what you meant, but yeah, yeah. Instead of it being the third or fourth time that she'd seen it, it, yeah. First time. Yeah, it was, it was a good experience. I was, um, it was good enough that uh, I've got the RFP. They've got another uh, smaller conference in October and then next year is in New Orleans in May again. And I'm going to put in proposals to speak at those as well. Nice. That's awesome. Some
0: possible work from some of those other companies, you think?
1: I wasn't selling funny little thing. I actually said, you know, you got to do your introduction, right? So do the introduction. And I'm like, I know when you see a consultant up here, they're usually selling a book, selling a program, or now this year selling a chat GTP app, GPT app. There you go. Um, I'm not doing any of that. This was bred out of, I wish I'd known this five years ago and I'm giving this to you. And at the end, I actually had a woman come up and said, so you said you're not selling a book. I'm like, that's correct. She goes, so what's the title of your book?
0: Have you seen this guy on TikTok, Gary V. Vanderchuk, I think his name is?
1: I know, I know Gary V., but not from TikTok. I do
0: not have TikTok. So Gary V. said, uh, I saw him on there and he was talking about him and two or three other influencers. And he said, do you know why we've got millions of followers and views? Is because we are giving out our videos or whatever the heck they call them, their reels. Only have something entertaining or educational, never trying to sell something. It seems like the easiest way to sell something is to not try to sell it. You come off sincere. Sounds like that's exactly what happened. So that's great. All right. So, um, what was the best part of San Diego?
1: There are a couple things. All right. Uh, brought Jody along. So, Jody and I got to spend a weekend in San Diego, which is kind of nice. Nice. Ah, uh, San Diego was not nice. Do you know they call it uh, the May Gray there because it was sixty-four and gray? We didn't see the sun the entire five days we were there. Are you serious? Yeah, not once, not for even like a minute. The sun never came out.
0: I have been to San Diego, just north of San Diego, actually, mostly in Oceanside. I would say three times in the last eighteen months, and it's been beautiful every single time. Although, oh wait, that's not true. One time I was there. Uh, they had the worst
1: rainstorm they've had in years. But then it was beautiful the next day. Dude, uh, they called it the May Gray and the June Gloom. And that it's supposed to, supposedly that way the eight weeks there, sure, whatever. Uh, but I got to spend time with Jody. Uh, I got to catch up with um, the closest thing I've got to a mentor at ATD, uh, Sardik Love. He taught me uh, at the, my master trainer. Okay. And he and I connected there. Uh, and then stayed in touch for, uh, when, when did I do that? Gosh, it's been about 10 years now. Yeah. Sardik's, um, uh, really cool. Really cool. Two books out. Um, he actually said he'd love to be on the podcast. We could review his book and then bring him on. It's like
0: done. Sardik, if you're listening and I hope you are, uh, mark your calendar for a date that works for you and we'll figure it
1: out and get you on the podcast. That'd be amazing. There's a vendor expo and the vendor expo is. Amazing and yet a vendor expo. Okay. I saw some crazy cool stuff that I'm actually going to start using.
0: I think I saw one, uh, something about a virtual reality training. Was that from the vendor expo? Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. That was from the ve- vendor expo. I'll get into that in a second. So the first part, though, is using AI. There are a bunch of people there using AI and selling AI artificial intelligence to not get into two letter acronyms. Which would also be a TLA. Yes, it would. So, if you've ever have, have you used Chat GPT, Sam? I have
0: not. Um, I probably ought to. I probably ought to because it seems to be taking
1: over the world. So here's the deal: you, 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 I, I actually love it for research. You dump in a a prompt, and the prompt. It think of it like a conversation. That if you don't say exactly what you mean, you can kind of clarify in your next couple sentences. But it'll kick stuff back to you. Right? There was one vendor there who reversed it. And you can send a participant a text message and the chatbot asks a question. It's been two days since your training event. What have you used? And then you have plugged in all of the things that they would have learned at the training event into this chatbot. When the participant responds in a text, it starts having a conversation. Cool. You start to use load and go. How has that gone? What obstacles have you had? Sam, this was the coolest. They had a session and they were a vendor. This was the coolest thing I went to. Because if I tell you that, that, that you're going to get a text from, from this chatbot, and it's a chatbot, it's not a real person, right? How long would you think the average interaction is with the chatbot once someone starts typing in time? In time? Yes. Oh, my gosh. How long do they type text back and forth with the chatbot?
0: Well, before I give you my answer, I'm going to say that I'm tainted because the mere thought of it, I'm struggling with because we're just getting farther and farther away from human interaction. But the reality is I can't change that. So I'm going to guess that the average interaction with a chatbot that's smart, and obviously these are smart, is
1: uh, 17.62 minutes. Wow. Okay. So that's an amazing number in the, in the session. Most of us were in the five to six minute mark. Okay. Which is a long time. Their average is 32 minutes. Wow. That's crazy. Because, because you have complete uh, psychological safety. You're not actually talking to another person. Whatever you're saying cannot be used against you. Let's not be naive. Well, okay. So that's, it's tracked on the back end but sure. it's actually scrubbed. So it's anonymous. So you see what you see, unless somebody, because it'll ask, do you need someone to reach out to you? It's a really cool dude for me. Here's the here. And I'm sure you've run into it too. You have some clients who may not be great at follow-up. Very full plates. Correct. Yeah. And, and following up on a class isn't usually high on that plate, right? Nope. but if I can offer that, Hey, here's the deal for a couple bucks. And it's probably going to be a couple bucks, like 30 bucks a person. Maybe we can do a chat bot follow-up over a month and you can actually get a report on who's actually following up. So at the very least, Hey, Sam hasn't responded. You should go talk to Sam. At the very best, Sam has responded and here are his responses. Here's what he says he's doing and here's what's working for him. And it could be that, that direct or it could be scrubbed and be anonymous like you could use the chatbot for survey purposes and not know who's responded or for what it's all how you want to set it up
0: that's pretty amazing and here's here's the other thing i think may be happening because of the length of those conversations the chatbot is probably better at conversation than most human beings are correct and interested right Exactly. The chatbot is interested in what's on your mind, where most human beings are only interested on
1: what's on their own mind. Correct. The chatbot is not worrying about what it's going to say next. It's worrying about what you're going to say next so it can respond to that. And and it makes it a great conversation piece. All right. So now the chatbot is just a
0: human being from the 50s and 60s. Correct. (laughs) VR. Do we
1: have a couple minutes, though?
0: Uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's do this and then we'll, uh, we'll land this plane, but let's, uh, okay. let's hit the VR. Cause I saw that on the uh, space book.
1: Yeah. I got so little response to that I was kind of sad. The, the company I use for my online stuff has a VR plugin and I stayed away from it because I thought you needed the VR gear and the VR helmet. And I'm like, come on, like nobody has it. And I walk over to it and, and I, I walked over to the booth and I'm like, I use your stuff. What is it that I'm not using that I should be? And they're like, VR, my clients don't have the helmets. Like we're out of, and They're like you don't need a helmet. You just need the internet connection. Look now, Sam, for me, it was kind of cool because their VR experience was in a brewery. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, what are we brewing today? <laughs> okay. So now you got a, a double whammy of good stuff. But follow this for a second, right? Let me do the one that applies to everybody first. You could do VR pizza training where I have a picture from dough table to button. And the screen starts blinking, and that's the only prompt. Your make line screen starts blinking. It's the only prompt, and you have to, as the user, decide what you're going to do. I'm going to look at the make line screen. Okay, it says it's a large pepperoni pizza on DSS. Cool. What are you going to do? I guess I'll go over to the dough. Like I can remove all of the prompts that we would try and put into a PowerPoint slide or something. And instead I can have it be as real as possible without them wasting product, wasting food. And if they choose the wrong thing, I can kind of wheel them back in open world training. Yeah. It seems pretty intriguing. That's for sure. The first thing I wanted to build because it would be the easiest to build was a pizza grading
0: tool. And you know, how valuable would that be? I just did down for Chris shorts group. We had a group of very new assistant managers, great group of, guys and gals by the way and we graded pizzas and um you know a pizza grading tool some sort of training for that would be amazing because they all knew what the tool was
1: but very few of them had an idea of how to use the tool so again in my head the training would look like like here's the deal you've got five seconds to look at this pizza at the bottom choose if it's a grade or a remake If it's a great, we'll move on. If it's a remake, you've got five more seconds to click on what you think causes it to be a remake. I I think that would be just super training just from a quick, is it or is it not? Because we all know that when you put a pizza on a screen, everything's a remake all the time. It's never good enough.
0: That's one of the things I do in my workshop when we do pizza grading is we touch on the pizza grading itself. But what we really hit hard is, if you called it a remake in this room, good for you. That was easy. Can you call it a remake on a Friday night when you're in the middle of the dinner rush? Because if you can't, then you're leading with situational ethics. I like this uh, virtual reality thing with the pizza
1: grading tool. I think we should collaborate that on that and just make it happen. We can. I don't. I don't have enough pizza pictures. I've got a trip coming up next week, and that was my. Th- plan was to just grab a bunch of pizza pictures kind of from the same angle so it can just be bam 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 and and of course throw in a couple of my own pizzas that would be purposeful remakes and then you'd have to do um something with a tool showing it how it was
0: used i would imagine or you could correct oh man i like it well cool it sounds like san diego was a big hit yeah huge for me that's awesome hey you know i'm looking at the calendar and uh as people are listening to this episode, guess where we're going to be
1: next week? Oh, We're going to be in lovely Portsmouth, New Hampshire.
0: We are. And uh, I'm going to imagine by the time this drops that there will be very few, if any, seats left at all. But if you're listening to this and you'd like to get some live training, go to trainwithbty.com and see if the event has been sold out or not. And if it hasn't, Get your rear
1: end to New Hampshire and, and see us two goofballs live and in person. Being that this is probably going to drop a little too close for that. Your other option would be to choose Ann Arbor where we're already filling seats. So, yeah. Or you could go to Orlando and see Mickey. Could do that too.
0: Lots of options for this. And uh, I'm pretty excited about New Hampshire. Mm. Can't wait. It's going to be. It'll be a, a blast. It's going to be a great show. And uh, we're going really to be be doing all about improving the customer experience a little ice
1: ice baby you can't resist that are we gonna to have to play that as like the the final song to start the class
0: um I don't know that we're gonna to have
1: to but I'm probably
0: going to want to
1: all right that's fair that's fair
0: uh, but the original right. not not the
1: remake I just want to hear, just want to hear the bass one. if you want some in-person training from the two of us combined ice is coming up. Go to trainwithbty.com and register for the event nearest to you. And maybe, just maybe, by the time this airs, we'll even have the online registration ready for the Ann Arbor version.
0: Yeehaw. That sounds great. Hey, gang, you have been listening to another episode of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Sam
1: with Fowler Consulting. And I am Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting.
0: Make sure you share these with your friends. Like us on the Spacebook Uh, follow them on your favorite podcasting site and if you do that and show us you have we will send you a Drew and Sam Talk training pin they are all the rage people are just rushing me when I have them give me one of those pins so kind of crazy right shipping all over the world too. I mean all over the world so uh, as always gang go out sell more pizza and
1: By who say